God, we as a people, we hear your voice loud and clear. We know that you have a plan for this body, and we are determined with everything within us to give you what you want. And I pray that today you would continue to speak to every heart, from the young to the old, from in the room to over the camera, that you would receive all honor and praise because you truly deserve it. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if ever I felt like uh, the topic today was on target, today is that day. Uh, Not because I came up with it, but because it's been confirmed in our songs this morning and what Diane shared. And um, let me just start by saying this, that I believe God is wanting Hot FM to go to another level. It's a higher level that's in Him. In Him. We're not to remain the same, but we're rather to continue to grow spiritually. Now, this is not a prideful statement. Okay? If you say, well, it just sounds prideful. No, it is our responsibility. It's our dedication to Him is why we feel this way. The last time I spoke to you, if you were here, and I see some of you weren't here, just kidding. I won't take a show of hands, but the last time that I spoke, I spoke on servanthood and humility. Remember? I said that the greatest position in the kingdom of God is not apostle, It is servant. I know that's contrary to some of the stuff that we see and we hear, but you can trust me and believe. Actually, you can trust the Word of God and believe that it is so. It is so. In going lower, He brings us higher. Able to be used more effectively, His will gets accomplished in our life individually as well as corporately when we are servants before Him. I also said that the more mature we become, the more humble we become. Why? Because we're getting closer to Jesus and we're becoming more like Him. I said that you can get old but not mature. In Christ. The more mature we get, the more humble we become. Well, today I want to talk to you about a word that we don't hear very often, and that word is abandon. Abandon. I have with me my brochure for those of you who do not who you're new and you don't know about this vision, it's out there on the table. Make sure that you get it and you read it. I want to just read one simple part to make the connection. It says here, I have a dream 
for the church, which is the body of Christ, that she becomes spotless, a spotless bride in her heart and in her eyes only for Jesus, that she would cherish in her heart one controlling passion and one vision, that is, Jesus Christ would have first place supremacy and preeminence in everything, that all our efforts and pursuits would be primarily to give Him what He wants instead of fixing on getting Him to give us what we want. Our goal, our primary goal, is to give Him what He wants. And in so doing, I believe that abandonment or being abandoned to Him is key. Let me read this to you in Psalms 40. I waited patiently for God to help me. Patiently. Listen to that. Some people are giving up too soon. I waited patiently for God to help me. Then he listened and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair and mire and set my feet hard on a firm path. He steadied my walk. He has given me a new song of praise to our God. Many will hear of the glorious things he has done and stand in awe before the Lord. Before the Lord. Verse 3, another translation says it this way. It says, Many shall see and fear and reverence and worship, putting their trust and confidence and reliance in the Lord. Now, we just... We just sang a segment of worship. Worship isn't just singing songs. Our life is to be a worship before the Lord. It includes that. It includes singing with instruments and all of that. But it also includes our whole life. Many people will see this and worship Him they will put their trust in the Lord. The Message Bible puts it this way. More and more people are seeing this. They enter the mystery, abandoning themselves to Him. Notice the inner change there. Trust to Him and abandoning themselves to Him. Now, let me define this for you. So, the word abandon... We know the negative one, and we know I'll give you the positive one. Some, I understand, are in the room, and you've been abandoned, okay? That's something that someone did to you. Horrible. I don't agree with it. They hung you out to dry. They walked away. I don't like that. The second definition is the one that I'm going to focus on. That was 
what somebody did to you. Now I'm going to talk about what you're going to do to God. To give up completely, to relinquish the right or claim or privilege, to give up with the intent of never claiming it back again. To give up control and influence to another. You hear that in the, in the, under the guise of what we're talking about in abandoning ourselves to God. Worship is more than singing. And I find it interesting today. Another confirmation. The album coming out tonight. I... I didn't even know that when God started talking to me about this word. Abandon, trust, giving our lives in worship to him. But it's more than singing. It is singing, but it's not limited to that. And as I said, I believe that our whole life should be a worship to God. In worship, let me, let me just make a couple statements just to put things into focus. And if you need to grab your seatbelt, you can go ahead and do that now. It won't bother me a bit. In worship, there are people who sing, but they don't abandon themselves to God. That one song, I'm Undone in Your Presence, that's abandonment. So a lot of people come into worship in control, and they leave in control. Should not be. A lot of people come into their quiet time in control and leave in control. We're reading through the Bible as a church. A lot of people do their Bible reading, come into it in control, and walk out. In control. That should never be. We should never, never open this, God's Word, and read it through our lens. We should say to the one that wrote this book, I'm coming to read your book, now reveal it to me since you wrote it and you know what it means. We need to abandon ourselves to God. And I'm not talking about being careless and not taking care of yourself. You may say to me, well, what about self-control? Well, self-control is actually a fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit produces that in you as you submit or abandon yourself to Him. As you give up control, he puts his gifts inside of us. When we give ourselves to God and let him take control, then he controls us and gives us, he puts inside of us all that we need to be used by him and so that we're effective for him. When we abandon ourselves to the Holy Spirit, He's the one that gives us true peace and true joy. When we try to be in control, we worry. Hello, tighten that seatbelt. 
We worry, we have fear, we have anxiety, we have depression, we have sadness. Those are the things that we experience when we think that we're in control. When we don't abandon ourselves to God. So the question is, is why don't we abandon ourselves more to him? Why do we not do that? I'm going to say this. It's because we really don't trust him and think that he's capable of handling our situation. How can we trust him more? It's real simple. By getting to know him. By understanding who he is and who his character is. So that we, in knowing who he is, we can trust him. We can say, I can't handle it, but I'm going to give it over to you to handle for me. So let me just look at three characteristics of God. Very, very familiar, I know. But I'm going to bring them to you maybe at a little bit different angle here. First characteristic, omnipotent. Means that he's all potent or all, has all power or possesses the supreme power where there's nothing, there's no gap or lack in the power that he holds. He doesn't hold some power, he holds all power. Abraham in the Bible, you'll remember, God had promised him many children, he even said that he would be the father of many nations. And Abraham and Sarah, they were too old to have children. You, you remember this story. So then Sarah has Isaac. And let me just, let me just read this to you here. You remember when, he, when God tells him to go and sacrifice. This is, this is where I'm get, getting to. He says, take with you your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah and sacrifice him there as a burnt offering upon the mountain, which I will point out to you. And so the next morning, Abraham got up early. Some of you have heard me say, how many of you would get up early in the morning to go obey God on this task? But it says, it says that he got up early and he chopped the wood for fire, saddled the donkey, and took with him his son Isaac and two young men who were their servants. And they started off to a place where God had told him to go. And it says that Abraham saw the place in a distance. I believe that it was Mount Moriah um, for it to stand up above the rest of the land from a distance. And so Abraham says this in verse 5. I'm in Genesis 22, verse 5, in case you think I'm making this up. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the young man. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and then come right back. How many of us would define sacrificing our child as worship? 
but he trusted. He believed. So the two of them went together, and on the way, Isaac asked him, Father, you know, we have the wood. We have the flint to make fire, and I see that you've got a knife there, but where is the lamb for sacrifice? And Abraham said, God will see to it. And they kept on going. And he built an altar and placed the wood in order, readied for the fire. And he tied Isaac and laid him on the altar over the wood. And Abraham took the knife and lifted it to him. And we all know what happened. God shouted, Abraham, Abraham, lay down the knife. Don't hurt the lad in any way. For I know that God is first in your life. In other words, that you trust him. And you have not withheld even your beloved son from him. And of course, we know that the ram was caught in the bushes and they used that. And the Bible says that they returned home again. In other words, they did exactly what Abraham said the lad and I will travel yonder and worship and then be right back. What a powerful statement of trust. But he did that. He was able to abandon his whole life, even his son, because he trusted God. Hebrews, let me read this for you. Hebrews 11, 17 and 19. While God was testing him, Abraham still trusted in God and in his promises so that he offered up his son and was ready to slay him on the altar of sacrifice. Yes, to slay even Isaac, through whom God had promised to give Abraham's nation of descents. Descents. He believed that if Isaac died, God would bring him back to life again and that and is just about what happened. As far as Abraham is concerned, Isaac was doomed to death, but he came back to life again. Came back to life again. I was just looking here. At a different passage. Abraham's faith made it lo logical. Listen to this. This is. Many times we think that faith is just like out there, out there. And there are many times that God asks us to do things that we don't understand. But let me flip the coin for you. Abraham's faith made it logical to him. Logic. In other words, he believed God, he trusted God so much that when God asked him to sacrifice Isaac, it was a done deal. In other words, it was, it was the next step. It wasn't a wrestle. I know. Go ahead and tighten that seatbelt one more little notch. It wasn't, it wasn't a wrestle like, oh, God, are you sure? No. Abraham was in such a place that when God told him to do something, it was done. 
That's why it doesn't surprise me when it says he got up early the next morning. Had there been enough sunlight, he'd have probably gone that day. Can we get to the place in God where he tells us something to do and we don't question it and we don't second guess it, where we trust him so much that we're willing to be obedient? He said we are going to go up there and abandon ourselves to God, to the control of the Almighty, and everything will be okay. Abraham was able to give up control because he knew that the all-powerful God, it was him that was asking him to do this. He trusted. Can we get to the place where we trust our all-powerful God to the point that we abandon ourselves in worship, not only in singing, but in our lifestyle, where we truly, truly trust Him. God is saying today, if you'll let me be in control and trust me, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. I'll take care of your marriage. I'll take care of your finances. I'll take care of your job. I'll take care of your children. I'll take care of your desires. And I'll take care of all your needs. That's what he's saying today. The second thing, omniscience. All science means all knowing. Infinite knowledge. You know, some scientists, they're right, and then there's other scientists that are wrong. The reason that they get it wrong is because they have limited knowledge. But God has all science. He's always right. Why? Because he has all knowledge. And with him having all knowledge, you and I can trust him. We can trust him. We can yield control to someone that knows everything. Everything. We can trust him. We can have confidence in someone that knows everything. Second Samuel 15. Remember the story here where David is leaving the city after he was being king and, and uh, Absalom was trying to take over. And Zadok, the priest, had the Ark of the Covenant, and David instructed him to take the Ark back to the city. So let me, let me just read. I think. Uh oh. Here we go. 2 Samuel 15. A messenger soon arrived in from Jerusalem to tell David that all of Israel had joined in the conspiracy with Absalom against David. And said, David said, well, then we must flee at once or it will be too late. And it says here in verse 23, 2 Samuel 15, 
23, there was a deep sadness throughout the city where the people were weeping because David was leaving. And here's what, um, what David said here. He said, if the Lord sees fit, David said, he will bring me back so I will see the ark and the tabernacle again. But listen, listen to this trust. But if he is through with me, let him do what he seems, what seems best for him. In other words, David had a longing and a desire to come back to Jerusalem and to see the ark again and to be in the tabernacle. But he said, if God is finished with me, that's okay. In other words, I trust him so much that his desires and his plans supersede mine. And David walked up the road that led to the Mount of Olives, weeping as he went. Huh? Well, his head was covered, and his feet were bare as a sign of mourning. And all the people who went with him had their heads covered and were weeping as they climbed the mountain. What a, what a devastating time. And in verse... 32, it says this, as they reached the spot at the top of Mount Olives, they bowed down and worshiped God. In the midst of the crisis, in the midst of the conspiracy, in the midst of them fleeing with all this deep sadness and weeping and mourning, when they reached the spot at the top of Mount Olives, David bowed down and he worshiped God. How many, how many of us could do that? When life isn't going the way we think it should. When people are against us. When accusations are taking place. When we're not treated fairly. I use that word loosely, fairly. Remember my opening text was in Psalm 40. Many theologians believe that David wrote this psalm when he was fleeing from Absalom. They believe that that's, that's the time frame that, that he wrote that. So let me, let me just reread this verse 3 to you in the context of this conspiracy, in the context of this Weeping in this context of the sadness, David writes this. He has given me a new song to sing, a praise to our God. Now many will hear of the glorious things that he has done for me. In the midst of all this, the glorious things that he's done for me. And will stand in awe before the Lord and put their trust in him, or in other words, abandon themselves to him. When we get to a place where we totally trust him, our conversation will change. Instead of, oh God, I need this, we can come before him and say, God, you understand what my needs are, and you have all power 
to be able to do that for me. Instead of saying, I have this that I need to do, and it's just too difficult for me. We can go to him and say, God, you know that what I'm about to do is difficult, but I know that you're going to help me with it. Instead of saying, oh, God, I want this or I want that, we can come to him and say, you know my desires, and your desires are towards me. Instead of saying, oh, God, I need a car, we can say to him, God, you're my provider, and I trust you to bring me the right vehicle. Or instead of saying, oh, God, I need a job, we can say, you're my source. And you're the one that I rely on. Instead of saying, I'll never get a break, we can say, I know that you'll give me the breakthrough that I need. Instead of saying, I'll never have enough money, you can say, God, I know you own everything. And you know what I need. Instead of saying, I'll always be addicted, you can say, God, you're the great deliverer for me. Instead of saying, I'll never be happy, you can say, you're the joy of my salvation. What would happen if we would be a people who believed in God, totally trusted God, and truly abandoned ourselves to Him? Totally giving up control and letting him control every area of our life. What would it be like? Omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. Number three, omnipresent. All present. He's everywhere. There's no place that God isn't. Everywhere in your life and in mine. Everywhere in this world that we live in. Everywhere. Hebrews 13.5 For he himself said, I will never leave you or forsake you or abandon you. I will never desert you. It's what he says to us. Where else in the Bible does it say this? Where this, I will never forsake you. Deuteronomy 31.6, Moses actually tells Joshua, be strong and courageous and firm. Fear not, nor be of ter- in terror of them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. That scripture is for you and I. It's not for somebody else. It is for somebody else, but I'm included in that. Another place, Deuteronomy 31.8. Again, Moses is telling Joshua, it is the Lord who goes before you, he will march with you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or let you go or leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid or discouraged, depressed or dismayed. Powerful words. But then the third one, Moses doesn't say it to Joshua. Moses is dead. 
And God says it to Joshua in Joshua 1.5. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you, omnipresent. I will be with you in the same way that I was with Moses. I will never leave you or fail you or abandon you. True worship is abandonment to God. Abraham worshipped. David worshipped. Did Joshua worship? Did he worship? Let me read this to you in Joshua 5, 13 through 15. When Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, a man stood before him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said, Are you for us or against us? We remember that passage, but sometimes we don't remember all of the context. The man's standing there with a sword. And he says, Are you for us or against us? And this is the reply. And he said, No, but as the commander of the Lord's army, I have come. I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped him. The commander of the Lord's army showed up and Joshua asked him, Are you for us or are you against us? Who are you? And he said, Neither. I am the commander of the Lord, Lord's heavenly force and I have arrived. In other words, I'm not here to take sides. I'm here to take over. Can I tell you, every time God shows up, he's not here to take sides. He's here to take over. He's here to take over. When we... That's, that's what it's all about. When we give control over to him, he takes over. He takes over. You may be here today and you may say, well, you know, I got an issue with my wife or I got an issue with my kids. or And you can be in prayer and you can be like, well, no, whose side are you on? You know how it is. I'm not... I, you know how it is. Oh, that person. Na, 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 They did this, said that. Are, are you on my side? You under, God, you understand me? You know what, it, what, what I'm going through. And he says, no, I'm here to take over. Concerning your marriage... I'm here for both of you to submit your wills to me. For both of you to give up control. The only way that it'll work is when he's in control. Why? Because he's smarter than you are. He's more powerful than you are. He said he'd never leave us or forsake us. He said he'd always be there for us. He'd always be present. 
I'm here. The Lord of hosts is here. In closing, let me say this. God told Abraham to sacrifice his son. God told him to go to a specific place, the land of Moriah. When Abraham was afar off, he lifted his eyes and saw the place that God had told him to go. He recognized it. And Abraham walked up the hill with his son. He built an altar. He put his son on the altar. He raised the knife, and God stopped him before Isaac was killed. And he provided a substitute, a substitute. Mason and Michaela, can, if you can come forward, or Michaela, whoever. Abraham goes up the hill before he kills Isaac. The Lord provides a substitute. About 2,000 years after that, God walked up a hill with his son. The substitute. Not a substitute. God went up the hill with his son. The substitute. But he didn't stop. He let nails be put in his hands and feet and a spear in his side. And while Jesus was on the cross, Jesus asked the Father, Why are you forsaking me? Why are you abandoning me? The first definition. But then Jesus fulfills it by abandoning himself in the second definition I gave you. Nevertheless, I will give up my will. I will submit and surrender. I will abandon myself to you and allow you, Father, to be in control. I believe that God's saying this today to us. I'm all-powerful, I'm all-knowing, and I'm all-present in your life if, if you will give up control and abandon yourself to me. If you will trust me. I'd like for you to just bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. What is, what is God saying today? We're going to have a worship CD come out tonight, singing and all that. And today, we even sang words of, about surrendering all. It's abandonment. Same thing. But we do that by trusting Him. We try to keep control of too many things in our life. Too many. I'll tell you, it's because we don't really trust and think that God's capable of handling it. At the end of all of the reasoning, at the end of all of the excuses that we come up with, we're hanging on to stuff and controlling it because we don't really trust Him to control it for us. 
Maybe for some of you, he's here and he's pinpointing something in your life, an area in your life that you're still in control of. Maybe you're here today and you've never even given him any part of your life. Maybe you're not even a believer in him and you heard something today and you're like, wow. He's talking about giving up different areas of our life. I didn't even give up my own life to him. Maybe you're here today and you want to choose to trust God with your whole life. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. God's saying today, I need you to trust me with your life. Regardless of your knowledge, your expertise, what you think. I know it all. I have all power. Maybe you're here today and you feel forsaken. And God's telling you, no, no, I'll never forsake you. I'll never do that. If you're here and you want to give your life to Christ, I want to pray for you. I'm going to ask two groups of people to come forward. I'm going to ask you to come forward. If you've never given your life to Christ, I want you to come and just stand here. I'll come down and I'm going to pray for you. Don't want you to be embarrassed. You don't need to be embarrassed. Among us, we've all done this. We've all given our hearts to Christ. It's a great thing. So if if that's you and you need to give your life to Christ, you're tired of being in control, you thought you were in control, you've made a huge mess of it. God's saying, I'm here for you. I can fix things for you. I can help you. Come and stand here. And the second group of people is all the rest of us. If while I was speaking and the Holy Spirit showed you an area that you still got a tight grip on, you haven't given it control up to Him, to God. You worry about it. You have anxiety over it. You're depressed about the situation. You don't sleep at night. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. Go ahead, stand up now and come. Come for prayer. Anyone? Come on, don't don't be hesitant. This This is true worship. Trusting Him is true worship. Trusting Him is true abandonment where you're saying, God, I give up my control and I put you in control and I trust you with it. Anyone else want to come? Anyone else want to come? This is between you and God, not not me. Not me. God's believers, I want you to pray that God will speak to hearts even now. Anyone else? Anyone else want to come? there's an area you need to turn over we're not going to ask you what that area is it's between you and God I'm going to just encourage you in your quiet 
way. Just say, God, I trust you. I give it to you. Let's pray together. Father, we're here as your people. I don't know why you gave me this word abandonment for today. I I mean, besides it was what you wanted, I would have never thought or come up with a word like this. But you're asking us to submit ourselves to you and to surrender to you. And we know, we know that it requires total surrender. We know that. But yet there's times where we got to be in control or we can't let go. But it's because we really, it's because we don't trust you to give it over to you. You know every detail about it. You have all the power to fix it, provide for us, adjust relationships. So today we we just give it to you. We give it to you. We surrender it to you. We say that we trust you. We know that you're capable. We know that you'll never forsake us. You'll never leave us. You'll never desert us. I pray that you would touch your people. Now, as Michaela plays and sings, Just spend that time. You tell him. You tell him in your own words. You surrender in your own way. To him. All of us, even in our seats, let's go ahead and make sure that we've surrendered it all to him.